0: I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, I missed you. If I'm talking a little tired today, I'm still a little jet lagged. It's a 19-hour difference. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the evening somewhere. I'm excited, though, to be back. And it's my favorite church to be at. I always joke that if I didn't pastor Ocean's church, I'd attend it because we have the nicest people in the whole world. Best-looking people. Low self-esteem, but good-looking people. I'm just so glad to be back. Um, Honored to be here with you today. If you're brand new to our church, uh, our story is we started just over four years ago. We moved here from Boise, Idaho. And uh, I know everybody was moving out of the state, but God told us to move into the state. He said that the great move of God in our lifetime would happen in Southern California again. And I don't know if you guys, who saw the Jesus Revolution movie? Anybody see that movie? I was like, my gosh. This feels like we're watching a movie about Oceans Church. I was excited about it. I saw the tents, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm not crying. You're crying. But I'm so glad God is moving, and I'm so glad he's not done with California. I'm so grateful the Holy Spirit hasn't written us off. I know we gave him many, many, many reasons to give up on California, but how many know that parents don't give up on their kids? My grandma said years ago, she goes, son, she said, Mark, you will never stop loving your kids even when they're crazy. And I was like, Grandma, that's wisdom right there. I was like, I don't know, my daughters might test me. Um, but, uh, no, I'm so proud of, of this church, and I'm so proud of what God is doing. And uh, excited to be here with you today. I want to I just remind you, uh, this is the Super Bowl of Christianity. So I know some of you, Super Bowl Sunday, don't show up because you like the game. I want to encourage you this Sunday, this Friday night, do not miss church. Uh, They say that people, when invited Easter Sunday, will come almost 80% of the time. So that's 8 out of 10 people. I wanted to clear that up for you. Some of you are a little ambiguous mathematically. I'm like, look, I got you. I'm here for for support. I was really good at basic math until the devil said, let's put the alphabet in it. Okay? But look, I'm good at basic math. 8 out of 10 humans will come if you invite them next week. We have services Saturday night, 6.30. Good Friday. Friday night. Is that what I said? That was a test. Just making sure you're still listening. You jet lag? All right. Friday, 6.30. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really good Friday. Sometimes we get so enraptured with the liturgical aspects of our our, our celebrations that we forget that yes we do remember lent we do remember the suffering we do remember all of these things but i also want to remember we have about two thousand years of jesus sitting at the right hand of the father <laughs> so we're not wondering what the outcome is we know the outcome so it's going to be a really good friday we know he was crucified but we know the end of the movie And so if you are uh, new today, I want to encourage you to come out Friday, 6.30. And then Sunday, actually at San Juan, we're doing two services, 9.30 and 11.30. And then here at uh, Irvine campus, we're going to be doing uh, three services, 9, 11, and 1. Who can invite a friend next week? 8 out of 10. Come on, 8 out of 10. That's good math. You go to Vegas with chances like that. So 8 out of 10. So invite those people out. It's going to be awesome if you believe it. Say amen. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be back. If you have your Bibles today, you can uh, open them up. We're going to be jumping into the last week of Jesus' life on the earth. Many people, uh, they don't really uh, understand that, you know, when I first started reading the Bible, I was kind of confused. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I thought, uh, I, I thought it was just like deja vu. Because I was reading Matthew, and I finished reading Matthew the first time, and I started reading Mark, and I'm like, oh, no, they're arresting him again. <laughs> I had no idea that the Gospels were four different people documenting the same story. I was like, oh, no, he's getting crucified again. I had no idea. It's, it's four people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Scholars are unanimous that Mark is the best name Gospel. But... Matthew, Mark, sorry. Tough crowd. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so, uh, out of the four Gospels, we see that, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's, there's 1189 chapters in the Bible, 260 of the chapters are in the New Testament. Out of the 260, 89 are actually in the Gospels. We know that Matthew has, uh, Matthew has 28 chapters. Mark has 16 chapters. John, uh, or Luke has uh, 24 chapters, and John has 21 chapters. That's 89 altogether. Remember, if it doesn't have the alphabet in it, I'm okay. So uh, I didn't take Algebra 2, but I took Algebra 1 two times. Come on. So out of 89 Gospels, we know that, uh, this is interesting, that only four chapters out of 89 talked about the first 30 years of Jesus' life. It's a wild thought. What's even more wild is 85 out of 89 deal with the last three years of Jesus' life. This is even more intriguing. 29 out of 89 of the gospel chapters are about the last seven days. The last seven days. So to put it in context, Matthew, two-fifths of the book of Matthew is about the last seven days of Jesus' life. In the and three-fifths of Mark is about the last seven days of Jesus' life. One-third of Luke and half of the book of John is about the last seven days. Most of us read the New Testament. We don't realize that so much of what we are reading is the last seven days. The triumphant entry that we're going to read about today is the last, it's Sunday. It's the end of Lent season and it's the beginning of Holy Week. The last week, Monday Jesus cleansed the temple. Last service I said he cleansed the table. He was cleaning everything. (laughs) Tuesday, he actually, uh, there was controversies that he had with Jewish leaders. Wednesday apparently he had a day of rest. Thursday he had preparations for Passover. Friday was the trial and the crucifixion. Saturday, Jesus rested in the tomb and Sunday he came back from the grave. (laughs) So That's just a little bit of context for some of you newer Bible scholars out there. I want you all to know you're all theologians. Some of you are just poor theologians. And we're going to get better, and everyone said amen. So if you have your Bible today, is it okay to read the Bible? If it's not okay, we're going to do it anyways. So that was a rhetorical question, trick question. You guys good? All right. Well, I'm excited to be back. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke is where we're turning today, chapter 19, chapter 19. We're going to read about the triumphant entry, the triumphant entry. If you're taking notes today, my title for today's message or sermon or thesis, big idea, whatever you want to call it, is uh, I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, Palm Sunday triumph, Palm Sunday triumph. Are you guys ready? Yeah. It says this in Luke 19, verse 28, that when he had said these things, I'm going to read a few verses, I'm going to pray, we'll get into the message today. When Jesus had said this to them, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Came to pass that when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, to the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village opposite of you where you are to find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to them, because... The Lord has need of it. The word Lord is the word kurios. I'll explain that. It's one of my favorite words. So, those who were there were sent, went their way, and found it just exactly as Jesus had said to them. Exactly. But as one of them, as as they began to loosen the colt, the owner of the colt said, What are you doing loosing my colt? And they said to them, The Lord, (laughs) try this out. The Lord has need of him. Next time you want to hop in someone's car in the valet. What are you doing in my car? The Lord has need of this Ferrari. Doesn't always work. It worked here though. He says, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on top of the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. And now he was drawing near to the descent, a Mount of Olives, and the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for the almighty works they have seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. According to Matthew, Luke, uh, Mark, and John, they screamed Hosanna. Yes. Hosanna in the highest. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but Hosanna means save now save. I'm going to have you repeat it just because it's going to come into play later. Save. That's what Hosanna means. Some of the Pharisees, they said to the teacher, they said, what in the world? You better rebuke your disciples. This is blasphemy. Verse 40, he's answered and said to them, no, I tell you the truth that if these should keep silent, you're going to hear the stones immediately cry out. I want to talk to you today about the triumph of Palm Sunday. Triumph, 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 triumph. You guys ready? Lord, we just thank you so much that you're a good God. We thank you that you're in love with Orange County, that you love California, that your heart still burns for America, that you are the God of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. We thank you that, God, this gospel shall go forth to the ends of the earth, and then the end will come. So we ask you today, Lord Jesus, to lead us, to guide us. I pray whether we're atheist, agnostic, or we're sold out to you, I pray that you would meet us here in a powerful way. Jesus, we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name and God's people said. Is there anybody that just hates to lose in here today? Where's the people that just hate to lose? Doesn't make you weird. Just come on, make sure you honest. Yeah, honest. I, I just, I don't like losing. I just, I don't like losing. I'm not a good loser. I'm okay with being a bad loser. Is anybody else okay with that? I'm just not a good loser. I don't like losing. I don't like to quit. I try to finish everything that I start. I have to repent before you today. Uh, I, I got sick before Australia and I got better and I broke my finger on a mountain bike crash. Uh, praise God. So, I didn't work out, didn't, work, didn't do any exercise for between the sickness, the crash, and then I went to Australia and I was going to work out but I decided to eat. <laughs> Come on, praise God. So, I came back and uh, went back to my F45 gym. Uh, I'm going to report this two days ago, 48 hours ago. And uh, I, I made it about 30 minutes into the, it was F30, okay? I didn't make it 45 minutes, I made it 30 minutes, and I realized I'm either gonna throw up or I need to fake a phone call. So I want to repent, I faked a phone call, I left the gym early, I couldn't handle it. Also wanna rep- I want to repent because I think I, might have, I may or may not have told the trainer I had to, I had to, I had to go somewhere, which was true. <laughs> It's gonna throw up. Um, so that was what happened a couple days ago. Hate losing. I, I'm a competitive person. Um, I just I, I don't I don't even like starting some new sports because I just don't like the, the learning curve of not being good in the beginning. I don't even like January when you set your financial or your physical goals. You're like I'm gonna get in shape, and you realize, all right, I'm gonna eat nothing but fruit loops. Just eating fruit loops from here out. I don't like losing. I don't like losing in my diet. I don't like losing in sports. I just like to, I like to win. Part of the reason why I'm a Christian is I hate losing. This is one of the many reasons. I don't know why you'd want to be in the Wicca. I don't know why you'd want to be into Satanism. It's like, do you not read the future? We know the future, Joker. The devil loses. Why would you worship second-class powers? I'm competitive. I want to win. I love the fact that we serve a God that is triumphant. It, it categorizes his trip five days before the crucifixion as a triumphant entry. Anybody believe that we serve a God that leads us into triumph? That's what it says in Corinthians. I believe that our God is a triumphant God. So much so that if he, if he golfed, his score would be 18. He's perfect. If he batted, his, his batting average would be 1,000. Come on, he can't even go into jewelry stores because he'll break every chain. We serve a God Just making sure he's still awake. He's triumphant. He's a victorious God. He's a God that doesn't lose. He's a God that's, that's, that's perfect in every way. And I want to remind you that, that we live in an uncertain world with uncertain times, and there is a real evil in the world. There is a real darkness in the world. And I'll be honest with you, part of the frustrating part of life is that we cannot control everything. Have you noticed this? I don't know if you've been discouraged watching the news. I don't know if you felt indignant watching the injustice in the world, watching evil people do evil things to innocent people. It's grievous, it's frustrating, it's maddening. It's 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 it's, it's, it's disheartening. And I just realized even this week in the lieu of, in lieu of even what the the atrocities and evil of what happened in Nashville Just my blood begins to boil, and I'm like, God, dude, just where is? Where is the power? Where is the saving power? And I reinforce my convictions to double down that without healthy local churches, for people to encounter God, mankind is doomed. God alone is the one that can change a broken heart and a broken mind. I'm grateful for psychology. I'm grateful for medication. But I'm more grateful for the God that can heal the broken. And I realized we live in a broken world that needs a solution. And I thought, man, what do you do when it feels like the devil is parading his wicked forces? We look around the political landscape, the economic landscape, the the kind of the, the, just the era of time we're living in. Common sense is no longer common. We're calling wicked things good and good things wicked. I'm like, what is going on in California? What is going on in America? And I was reminded this week as I read through the stories of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the story of Jesus triumphantly entering into Jerusalem that there is still a victory that we can possess even when we can't control everything. I believe that in Christ Jesus with faith, we can live a life of peace, we can live a life of victory, and we can experience the power of God like Hosanna that comes to save now a God that intervenes now, a God of suddenlies, a God of redemptive stories, a God that heals sick bodies, a God that brings beauty out of ashes, a God that can cause the the most dark things of the world and turn them right side up to become the very soil of revival. I was thinking through this week that we serve a God that does all things well. If I can't get an amen, I'll I'll take a head nod. I think it's very important that we realize and we remember that we serve a God that is triumphant. He's triumphant. And uh, I want to remind you that this story is so significant. I, I, you know, I teach on this every year, and I, every year I try to look at it with a fresh set of eyes. You know what's so powerful about this triumphant entry is in John, it says that John the Baptist Not the author of the book of John, but John the Baptist told one of his disciples when he saw Jesus, behold the Lamb of God. He said this, behold the Lamb Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's what he said. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but you know that Palm Sunday actually occurred on Passover, Passover is a really big holiday. It's a very big deal in the Jewish world. And what we know is, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, last service I called him Paul, but his name was Adam. I was jet lagged. Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, when they forfeited their authority and they gave in to the temptation from from Apple computers, um, it's a bad joke, they... Ate the forbidden fruit. What do you know about it? Is I know this. Is that the first thing that happened, will remind you today. I'm going somewhere full circle here. Is It's a little foundation. When they ate the forbidden fruit, do you remember what they did? First thing they realized is they were naked. First thing. You know there was no calories before the fall because they were naked and they were unashamed. After the fall, they're like, we need some clothes. And it says they sewed fig leaves together. I'm going somewhere. And and God saw that the fig leaves were not adequate. So we actually had to take skins from an animal. That there was actually blood that needed to be shed to cover human beings' naked condition. That was what would become the beginning of the sacrificial system. Leviticus walks us through the sacrificial system. So much so that every year on the Day of Atonement, every household up to 10 people would actually lay hands on a lamb for the sins of their family once a year. In the days of Jesus on the earth, there was actually 2 million people in Jerusalem. There would have been between 200 and 250,000 lambs that were killed on the Day of Atonement. Are you tracking with me? And they didn't—they didn't just kill the lamb. They—they they got the blood because life, the Bible says, is in the blood. blood. The reason why they did this is because of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 11, I believe it was, that the last plague in the uh, in, in the in the the ten plagues of Egypt is the the Passover. And we know that they, that God sent an angel to kill all the firstborn and the Israelites were safe because they got the blood of a lamb, they put it over the doorpost, and when the angel saw the blood, he passed over. It would have been on the 10th day of Nisan according to their calendar. What's interesting is that almost exactly 1,500 years after Moses and the Passover experienced the first Passover... On the 10th day of Nisan, 1,500 years later, Jesus would ride into Jerusalem as the Lamb of all lambs. That never again would there be another animal that would need to be sacrificed. Because there was only, listen, before Jesus, all they did to sacrifice animal was to delay judgment. It didn't deal with it. It didn't deal with judgment, it just delayed it. And when Jesus came, he came as the sacrificial lamb. He was, the, he was the great atonement. He was the God that covered the sins of humanity. Today, if you deny Jesus, you will not go to hell because your sins weren't paid for. All sins were paid for on the cross. All sins. If anyone ends up in hell, it's not because your sins weren't paid for. It's because you didn't receive and believe in the free gift. Are you hearing me today? And so we know that Jesus came, he deals with all of sin for all of humanity, past, present, and future. He dies as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And what's interesting about the day, Palm Sunday of triumph, is he comes in not on a horse, but he comes in on a donkey. This would have been a little bit of a paradox for his disciples, You see, that day, those disciples were so excited, and they were so terrified. They were excited because for the last three and a half years, they've been trying to talk Jesus into announcing that he's the king. He never let them say it. He never let them celebrate it. He never let the people declare that he was the king until Palm Sunday. They thought that when he declared kingship, that they were going to march into Rome and overthrow Caesar and take back political power. So that day when the people began to cry out, Hosanna, and they began to cry out, this is the king of all kings, this is the promised Messiah, this is the fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy, this is the one we've been waiting for. They thought, oh my gosh, here we are. But if we don't overthrow Rome, we're going to die trying. It's like get rich or die trying, right? Or the chicken uh, uh, deep fried, die trying. There's a chicken joke I had back in the day, sorry. Uh, Like there's a tattoo that says cage life in the back of the chicken. Anyways, sorry. I'm I'm jet lagged. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this idea that he came into Jerusalem and everybody had no idea that this was the day that the lamb would come in on a donkey. Came in on a donkey. I was thinking about this. Why is this apropos for us today? Jesus did come to fulfill our prophecy. He did come as a fulfillment of what they forecasted hundreds of years before. He did come as the sacrificial lamb that would deal with all sins. But what does that have to do with 2023 today? And I was thinking about this, that Jesus offers us peace. Can I get an amen? Amen. In a world full of anxiety and discouragement. He didn't come in on a horse that day. I would like to remind you, though, That Jesus does say the next time we see Jesus on an animal after the resurrection, it's in Revelations 19, and he's not riding a donkey that day. When Jesus returns to the earth, it will be too late to make up your mind. He offers us peace on this side of eternity. Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you that when he returns, we got to make our minds up because he's not coming back on a little donkey declaring, hey, let's let's look for peace. When he comes back, he's going to go to war with the powers of darkness. But what we know when it pertains to this idea of peace is that Jesus offers us peace. He comes in on a donkey. He rides in with great power and great glory, but it's a lowly power. It's very interesting here. The disciples were so excited that he was finally announcing his kingship, but they were probably simultaneously freaked out because they're like, you don't go to war on a donkey. Unless you have a death wish. That is not a victorious animal. Can I get an amen? You don't see any, you don't see William Wallace, come on, on a donkey, going to war with England. So I'm sure they were going like, God, why would you ride a servant's animal and have the crowds chanting that you are the king? Jesus was reminding the world that on that particular Palm Sunday, he is the God that ushers in the peace that comes from him being the prince. You see, Jesus is the prince of peace. And most people lack peace because they don't realize that he only only offers peace to those of us that actually crown him king. The peace of God is reserved for those that crown him king. Some people think that the power of God is mechanical. Some people think that the power of God is magical. Are you with me today? Interesting, I was thinking about this, this idea In Acts, I think it's Acts 19, there's a story of people casting out demons. And they were trying to cast out demons in the name of, they said, in the name of Jesus or the name of Paul. And the demons said, we know, yeah, we know Paul. But who the heck are you? I was thinking about this. The authority that we have in Jesus is because we're submitted to his lordship. The power of God. Is accessible the peace of God is accessible not because it's magic but it's because we're surrendered to his authority when he is the prince of your life his peace is available to your life many of us lack his peace because he's not ruling over your life you know I thought about this funny thought that donkey probably thought he was awesome that day I thought man this would be like better than Shrek this donkey He's like, people are throwing their clothes on the ground. They're literally throwing palm branches on the ground for my feet. I heard one man made a joke. He said, I wonder if the donkey came back the next week and was utterly disappointed at the crowd's response. You see, the donkey thought the authority of his life was was him. But he didn't realize the authority that was on his life was who he crowned on his life. You see, I believe what you elevate determines the the celebration, the favor, the anointing, the impact. Cities are actually influenced by what's on your life. And I've learned this, that God offers us on Palm Sunday four things. Are you still with me today? I believe the first thing that Jesus reminds us on Palm Sunday is he offers a world in chaos peace. He says, my peace is not of this world. He says, look, don't, don't be fearful. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. He says, be anxious for nothing in Philippians, but by everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and he says this, in the peace. peace. And the peace of God that transcends your understanding, your logic, your mind, says, well, guard your heart. In Christ Jesus. You know what that word guard is in the the Greek language? It's where we get the word umpire. You know, umpires do, they tell us what's in and what's out. Many people lack peace because they don't talk to God about their problems. They talk to their problems about their problems. I've learned there's no power in talking to your problems about your problems. But if you would pray about what you're anxious about, the peace of God will tell you what's in and what's out. If you believe it, come on, say amen. Yeah. We know on Palm Sunday that God offers a crazy world peace. Yeah. And if the donkey wants to remind us of anything today, he reminds us of this, that we choose what we crown as king. Yeah. You, this is the good news today. You have the opportunity, whether you want to make entertainment your king, money your king, sex your king, drugs your king, fame your king, there's only one king that won't kill you. There's only one king that you can crown that won't actually cause yourself to implode. When money is your king, you can't make enough of it. When fame is your king, you can't gain enough of it. When sex is your king, you can't can't have enough of it. You see, the only thing that we are actually made to carry in high quantities is the glory of God. And most people, they implode because they actually try to crown things that were never designed to be crowned king, king. The donkey made a great decision that day to let Jesus get on top of his life. And for some of us today, you're just an ordinary donkey. I'm just an ordinary donkey. The King James calls him something else. If you don't know that joke, God bless you. I know this is that we're all pretty ordinary until the presence of Jesus comes on our life. One of my mentors said, Mark, we're a bunch of zeros. But when you make God number one in your life, he stands next to you, and one next to zero equals a perfect. We become dime pieces. Come on, as the youngsters would say. As we allow number one to stand next to us. You see, Jesus reminds us on Palm Sunday... There is a God that has peace that transcends all the powers of this world. How do you have peace in persecution? How were you thrown in the boiling oil, John, and still did not deny the lordship of Jesus? Peter, how were you crucified upside down and did not deny the Lord and the master of your faith? How in the world were you thrown in lions and and persecuted? And how in the world did these early followers of Jesus not bow when life got hard? And I'll tell you that we have the power to choose which king we crown. When we crown Jesus king, it doesn't matter what happens in life. Jesus said we're not scared of the person that can kill the body and do no more. He says don't fear the man that can kill your body. He said honor the God that controls your eternity. Most people are paralyzed in this life because they ignore the next life. If you want to live fearless on earth, be mindful of heaven. But if you want to be paralyzed in fear on this life, think about that this is the end. I want to remind you it's not the end. C.S. Lewis, I think it was the middle of the war, wartime, maybe World War II, is he said, look, if we are bombed, let it be said in history that we weren't bombed hiding in shelters in the fetal position. Let it be said that we were actually living life to the fullest, that we were in community, we were worshiping God, we were doing God's business when the end came. Too many people cower in fear, and they don't realize we will live forever. Forever. So here's what we got to do is we have peace knowing that we live forever because we choose in this life to crown Jesus as king. He's riding my life. He's leading my life. He's di- Are you with me today? He's directing my life. And I believe in many cases we, we have to trust him before we understand fully. Biggest reason why most people don't crown Jesus king is they say things like this, I'll believe it when I And you never believe it. Because God's kingdom doesn't work the way that the logical kingdom works. You don't believe it and then see it. No, you said, no, faith is the substance of things. It's the evidence of things, not yet. So, in other words, you don't see it actually until you believe it. We live in an upside-down world. Remember that day when Jesus... He led that Gideon revival in John chapter 6. He had this massive crowd. The church is fired up. The disciples are like, this place is going bananas revival. And Jesus gets up with that like easy teaching and he's like, hey, uh, you want to follow me? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. No explanation. And Peter and the disciples are like, Jesus, like our church is really thriving, man. This doctrine's tough. John 6, 6, 6, many people left that day because they couldn't comprehend a Jewish rabbi talking about eat my flesh, drink my blood. And Jesus looks at the guys. He's like, you guys leaving? Peter's like, we don't have a plan B. We know that you have the words of eternal life. That sounds crazy, but we still trust you. And wouldn't you know, because they trusted Jesus when they didn't understand, the time would come later that they're at the table, at the Last Supper, when Jesus grabs the bread and breaks it, and he says, This is my body. Eat it. Raises the glass of wine. This is my blood. Drink it. And it was interesting, it wasn't until the Last Supper that all the disciples realized he wasn't crazy. But we had to trust him before we understood him. Sometimes there's certain areas of life you will never understand God in until you trust him in it. Some of you are waiting for understanding to trust him and God's like, no, 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 no. It works backwards. You trust and then you understand. He sends, can you imagine being the disciples like, hey, go in the town and there's gonna be a post, the second post, it's gonna have a donkey. No one's ever been on it. Grab it. If someone interrupts you and says, what are you doing? Tell them the master The owner, the kurios, the Lord has need of it. I don't know if it was the omniscience of God that knew that it was there. Or if it was the omnipotence of God that put that thing there. It's kind of like Matthew 17 when he tells Peter, go fishing for our IRS taxes. I don't know if it's the omniscience of Jesus, omniscience, his all knowledge. If that he knew that there was gold in that particular fish's mouth, and his omniscience knew it was there, or if it was omnipotence, his all power, that put the gold in the fish's mouth. I don't know. I'll ask on the other side of eternity. But we know that the gold was in the fish's mouth, and we know the donkey was at that post, and we know that when they tried to take the animal, the owner goes, what are you doing with my animal? And imagine this funny response that the owner says, what are you doing with my animal? And these young disciple boys, they go, um, the real owner needs it. (laughs) I thought Jesus was perfect. He doesn't steal. No, he doesn't steal. That was the first day he was exercising his kingly authority. Everything in his kingdom belongs to him. That was his donkey. Are you hearing me today? Kind of like when a police officer goes, I need to commandeer this vehicle. He's like, I'm commandeering your donkey. And here's what I love about the story. You guys still with me today? So much power when we realize that we choose who we crown king. The donkey was average until Jesus got on the donkey. Then it became the most well-known donkey on the earth. I'm telling you today... That your peace is determined by who you make the prince of your life. And I would go further to say that you choose what you elevate in your life. Everybody chooses what they crown. Everybody can spend their life however they want to spend it. But you can only spend your life one time. My conviction is why in the world if God is real, God is good, and you want to go to heaven, why would you delay knowing him today? Some of you say, well, if heaven's real, I want to go there. Why would you want to go somewhere to spend time with a God you don't want to talk to on earth? If you don't know him today, why would you want to know him in eternity? Stop. See Selah. Right? Selah. Let's think about this. Too strong? Sorry. Defend everybody? I'm not coming back to this show. I'm Sorry. I'll tell you the truth. I was thinking about this because many times this year, during this time of the year, people show up because they feel that God itch in their soul that goes, man, I I really need to get back with God. I'm going to teach you guys in the next few weeks on how you can run with God. Most people don't realize that you don't just have to walk with God. You can run with God. I think that God's calling us not just to walk with Him, but to run with Him. And uh, I was thinking about, so many people that come to church on easter and they're like man i know that god's real but he's not he's not the one that's controlling your life he told these guys go and if anybody asks you why you're taking that donkey you tell them that the owner the master the supreme controller he needs it i'm telling you today that what you make king in your life is the difference between victory and defeat. Many people experience high volumes of defeat because you're worshiping the wrong deity. You see, money can express meaning but never give you meaning. And many of you think that if you make more money, many of you think if you can get married, some of you think if you can just finally have kids, some of you think if you can just get your kids out of your house, (laughs) if I can just retire, if I can just golf five days a week, Then I'll be satisfied. Do you see that you actually crown king whatever you say, I will not be happy until I have blank. You can turn anything into an idol. And I believe that today victory is determined by what you or I crown as king. Amen? How do we experience victory in a broken world? we got to say, Jesus, you are the king. They wanted him to have earthly power. And when they gave him what they wanted, they, 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 they shouted Hosanna. But when he gave him what they needed, they say, crucify him. I don't want to say crucify him. One scholar says our surrender to God will either make him crowned or will make him killed. We either crown Jesus or we kill Jesus based upon what we do with his gift of salvation. I don't want to kill Jesus, I want to crown him. I want to crown him as the Lord of my life. The one that I live for, I breathe for, that I work for. I was thinking about how important it is. You know, they cut down palm branches because branches were a sign of the king's victory. When Jehu got inaugurated as king, they threw their clothes down and they shouted, King Jehu, Jehu is king, Jehu is king. When these disciples threw their gowns down, when the crowds threw their gowns down, they actually said that most of the crowds came from Bethpage and Bethany, where Lazarus was raised from the dead the week before. Many people, they came because of the miracle of Lazarus. The crowd came, a massive crowd. What's crazy to me is that many of that crowd, they were shouting, Hosanna on Palm Sunday. And many of that crowd were shouting, crucify him on Friday. And the only thing I can figure is, is that they were fans on Palm Sunday. They weren't true followers. And I'll tell you that it's easy to to serve a God that you deny in when you're only a fan. Fans come and go. Fans show up when you're winning. Come on. Where's all the Charger fans at? Come on. I know you're talking. You know you are. When they're winning, they show up. When they're losing, they don't show up. I hate losing. That's why I'm tired of being a Cowboys fan. Come on. It's tough. I'm going to have them be my pallbearer so they can let me down one more time at the end of my life. Anyways, I was thinking about this. Sorry. I was thinking about this. You still with me today? Too strong. God offers peace, offers this invitation that we crown who is king who we crown king will determine what level of peace and victory when i say victory i'm not talking about circumstances always going your way i'm talking about knowing that in life whether it's through hardships or whether it's through blue skies that you're living the life god made you to live that if you're a cpa you're doing it with the grace of god is supplied If you're an educator, you're doing it with the anointing that God has given you. Whether you're a preacher, a musician, you're an actor, whatever you do, I'm living a life of victory. I'm living the life that God made me to live. I'm offering palm branches saying that our God can, our God will deliver. But even if he doesn't, we win because we live forever. We have victory and the victory is our faith. What victory is that? It's the fact that we crown our king, king of our life. Entertainment's not who I bow to. Politicians aren't who I bow to. Money is not what I bow to. Drugs is not what I surrender to. Family is not what I worship. My kids are not what I worship. My spouse is not what I worship. I crown Jesus king of my life. And where he is the prince, I have his peace. And where he is the king, I have victory. And where I have victory, we shout, Hosanna, save now. Hosanna, save now. Hosanna, save I'm telling you that when he is our king and he has our allegiance, we can pray prayers of victory. I I believe that America probably does deserve a good spanking. But I believe in a God that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. I believe in a God that answers the prayer of a praying church that cries out for mercy. And I actually believe that God will give us a window of revival, a window of spiritual awakening that will preserve us and our children. That like Hezekiah, when the end should come, God grants 15 years more. God is a God that is rich in mercy. And I believe this week that God is leading His church into triumph. But remember this, we have triumph based upon who we determine is the Prince of our life. Triumph is connected to peace. It's connected to who you crown, what victory you experience. But listen to me, when God is your God, says in that day they will call out to me and I will answer them. You know what it is to make Jesus the King of your life? When He is the King of your life, you come under His authority, your jurisdiction. What does that mean? It means this. If you're an American citizen, hopefully, when things are operating properly, if you went into another country and they arrested you or they took you in, what would happen is our embassy, our representatives, they would begin to fight. they begin to litigate for your freedom because they would go after you because you belong to this, their territory. And as sons and daughters of God, when you make Jesus the King of your life, you come under His authority. You come under His Lordship. You come under His, are you me, His covering. And when He is the King of your life, that's when we cry out to Him. And that's when He answers us. Hosanna. What does it mean? Help. Now. Help. Now. See. Now. I'm telling you that we're living in a wild window in history, and it's a bad day to not have Jesus as Lord i think it's always a bad day to not live for god but i would say if there was ever a window in history to be walking talking and running with god i would say it's today and here's my here's because i feel like there's always people here listening why do you preach so hard because every time i get up i know there's someone in the crowd this will be the last time you hear the gospel there's always someone's last time someone here someone watch online that you'll be in eternity this week every week Every month, every year, there's always someone that it's the last time. So I always remind myself, Mark, if I was giving a message and this is the last opportunity someone would have, what would you say? And that's why that makes more sense to you. Even when I'm jet lagged with chicken jokes and inappropriate off color jokes, forgive me. I'm just telling you, I'm going to try my best to preach with an urgency that someone might respond today that'll never respond again. Peace, you choose who you crown king. That king will determine what victory you do or don't have. And when when you have the king, Jesus, as the Lord of your life, we call on him, Hosanna, a God that can meet us here and meet us now. I believe that we're going to see God move in our day. I actually believe that in a few weeks we're going to see the largest water baptism in American history. I believe it's going to be on all the local news, national news. They're going to report revivals breaking out in California. And the backbone of the church all over the rest of our states are going to say, if God can revive California, what could he do in Oklahoma? What could he do in New York City? What could he do in Florida? God's going to do it here. He's going to do it now because we are making him our king. Amen. So I'm sorry I'm fired up, but I feel into my bones. This is the hour that the church wins. Tired of the dark rulers in this region flaunting their counterfeit powers. Jesus Christ is Lord over Orange County. He's Lord over Southern California. And I'm telling you, there's a wave of people coming into the kingdom. You will be shocked who God would save. You're, some of you get your, your jaws? Can I ask you to do me a favor as your pastor? If God starts bringing people in that have reputations of failure, or bringing people into our church that have reputations of sin, we will not be a church that throws stones at those people. Can we agree on that right now? Because I believe there is Saul of Tarsus that are gonna get saved and come to this church. Some of the largest celebrities and some of the most well-known athletes, they're gonna be worshiping God next to you. And we're not gonna throw rocks at them. Because the same Jesus that healed you is gonna heal them. Amen? Can we dedicate that? The Lord began to speak to you. There's gonna be leaders in the body of Christ. Some have fallen. That are gonna get healed in this church. There's people that have literally made a difference in past generations for God that He's gonna bring into this church. And we will not be a stone throwing church. Amen? Is that all right? I just, I I, I didn't say this last, so I just feel it in my spirit. We often pray for revival, but when it comes, we get judgmental. When God pours out mercy, there's no bias. There's no bias. The lamb and the lion both get saved. The one that's crazy, staunch atheist the sinful person, the one that's wicked, doing evil things, God, look, His Son, it melts hearts like butter, and God will bring in really, really, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been seeing things in my prayer time lately that there's going to be people that, like, we're going to be shocked. When I was in Australia, God told me, He said, Mark, I want you to get the names of everybody you think are unsavable, and I want you to rip them up. I want you to write their names down. And then I want you to rip up the list. Because I'm going to save people that you thought would never be saved. And i want to use people that you thought would never be used to show my glory in the earth. It's going to happen, church. Let's not get religious as God moves, though. Amen? If you're here today and you say, Mark, I know the world's broken. But I realize there is a God that offers peace in spite of injustice. That he offers peace beyond our understanding sometimes we don't need better circumstances we just need more of His grace I said this before but you know the question is do you want to be safe or do you want to be strong sometimes we need strength more than we need safety and what I have found is that God's peace and His grace will make us strong even in difficult situations so when you're dealing with a tragedy or a heartache or a loss sometimes we don't need god to make our life easier we just need an overdose of his grace and his peace amen extra dose i'm 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 almost finished today would you be able to close your eyes all over today online if you're watching thank you for watching this whole time if this message is blessed you can share it maybe one of your friends needs to hear it later today but here's what we do as we finish up today can ask an honest question many people have been experiencing high levels of anxiety fear Some would call it depression. Others would call it just heaviness. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I think in part why I've been lacking some of the peace is I haven't made a decision to crown Jesus King. I believe in Jesus. Maybe some of you didn't. But some of you believe in God, but he's not the Lord. He's not the Kurios. He's not the master, the ruler, the supreme power of your life. I always remind you, this is the quickest test to know if he's the Lord of your life when was the last time you disagreed with god if you have not disagreed with god lately he's probably working for you you're not working for him he's not the lord of your life and i'm just asking you today if you want to experience his victory and his peace you got to choose to make him your lord how many would invite god today and say you know what i've been half in 10% in, 50% in, 80% in. But today on Palm Sunday, I want to walk in the triumph that Jesus offers us. By saying, God, my life, my future, my family, my business, all that I have, my marriage, you are the owner. You are the master. You are the supreme controller of my life. If you're here today and you want to surrender your heart to God fully, Rededicate your faith to Jesus on this Palm Sunday. I want you to be bold right now. Well, Mark, I've done, I've raised my hand before. Well, if he's telling you to raise your hand again, you do it again. That's part of the point of this exercise. Will you respond to his instructions? If he's telling you to raise your hand right now, I want you to raise your hand. I'll give you three seconds. If you want to give your life back to God, if you want to fully surrender your life to God, I'm not asking if you believe in Him, I'm asking are you going to surrender your entire world to Him today? Turning from darkness, turning to God, hands up all over, I'll give you three seconds. I want to make God the King of my life. One, like the donkey, I want to crown Him King two more hands are going up today I give my life to Jesus real high three all over the tents one two thank you ma'am three four five twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 yeah 22 real high 23 24 25 26 27 28 29 30 31 anybody else? Come on, give God a good hand clap and a shout of praise. Mighty God. So awesome. 31. If you're watching online right now, you can write heart, H-E-A-R-T. I'm like you, man. When I see what happened in Nashville, it just makes me so mad, so sad. Like God, what do we do in a broken world is, I feel like the Lord said, reinforce the fact that you will make Jesus your king. Because when He's our King, listen to me very clearly. When Jesus is your King, death is not the end. Death is the beginning. Do you know the Bible says that God put eternity in our hearts? Our mind can't comprehend it. That's why when you lose a loved one, you don't have to say you lost them. You know exactly where they're going. Billy Graham said years ago, he said the day will come that on national television and on media outlets they will make an announcement that Billy Graham is dead. He said, in that day, when you hear that report, do not believe it. He said, for that in that very hour, I will be more alive in that moment than I ever was on the earth. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know where we're going. We're not home yet, we're passing through, but we choose who we worship while we're alive. If you believe it, shout amen. I know, I gotta finish. I want to pray for those 31. There's four more people, you didn't raise your hand, you were supposed to raise your hand. There's four more, you didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to raise your hand. You didn't raise it, but you were supposed to raise it. I'll ask you to close your eyes real quick. Don't miss the bus. Why do you do this? Because it's always maybe someone's last time. It's worth a double pass here. That's you, four of you. It's at least four, there might be six. Four for sure, you didn't raise your hand. Your heart's beating out of your chest. You're like, I wanna raise it, but I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm kind of shy, there's two right there. That's awesome, thank you. Uh, I know I'm supposed to raise it. Would you raise it right now? If you didn't raise it, you're supposed to. There's three, yeah, yeah, anybody else? There's two there, three there, anybody else? Is there one more? Four, thank you so much, thank you so much awesome we don't want to miss that yeah i got i got i got him over there yeah all right 35 people here's what's cool god's gonna save your soul one of you i think your name is robert and god's god's actually he's restoring your faith today he wants me to say thank you for raising your hand and as you raise your hand he's gonna repair your faith there's a uh gordon here today you have an issue with your hip i don't know if you raised your hand or not i mean maybe you're online i just gonna share it as I heard God told me to to say it but you have a problem with your hip like arthritis or some sort of issue with your hip God's going to heal a Gordon today in his hips who believes in a God that heals anybody believe that alright we're going to finish up those 35 we're going to pray for you we're going to do one little last call for healing and then we're going to wrap this up we're going, to get, we're going to invite every single person that we know. They're going to come Friday and get saved. They're going to bring their friends Sunday. They're going to get saved. This church is going to buy a couple more tents in the following weeks to make more space. Everyone said amen. All right. So those 35, pray with the rest of Oceans Church. If you're online right now, write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Probably five of you today online at least. I'm going to give my life to Jesus right now. Don't miss this moment right now. Can you give me a hand clap to just encourage them? If you're watching online it still matters respond don't miss this right Respond. it's important don't miss this moment i heard a story of a girl watching in her dorm room in seattle washington she was watching our service about a year and a half ago and she said the presence of god was like literally coming through the computer screen she said i ended up i wrote heart and i fell to my knees under my desk in my dorm room and i just began to weep gave my life to jesus she's been serving god for a year and a half now So don't don't underestimate online, still powerful. So do me a favor all over with those that raised their hands today. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. Come on, like you mean it. Jesus, today in front of everybody, I declare you are my king. As the donkey elevated you, I elevate you as the leader, the guide, and the writer of my life. Would you today heal me, forgive me, bend me away from darkness and into your light? Lift your hands. Say this prayer. Holy Spirit, would you fill me with the appetite of Jesus, the desires of Jesus? I want to walk with you live with you run with you the rest of my days in jesus name heal me now now watch someone's getting healed right now someone has like a mass behind your ear god's healing it right now someone there's a lady in here you just discovered breast cancer whatever it is a mass i believe god will heal you even this day or someone you have some sort of issue with your pancreas god's healing like someone's gallbladder i just i think of that stomach pain right now there's someone in here i even believe like in your like your i think cock coccyx i think is what it's called your tailbone got a severe like skiing accident i think it was god's healing your tailbone right now we believe in a god that can heal if you need healing in your body if you want to get set free from a drug addiction or you're here today and you've had a broken heart maybe from a divorce or from a tough season maybe you've been dealing with depression or discouragement in your mind or maybe like I said you just have a physical need you have a a wrist that's messed up a C4 or L5 vertebrae that's messed up you need healing in your body I want you to lift your hands right now doesn't make you weird makes you honest need healing in your body lift your hands all over all over all over I would love it if God would heal me touch me I need prayer I need prayer I need prayer so lift your hands lift your hands all over all over all over real high don't be shy our church believes that what jesus said in mark 16 is still true that we will lay hands on sick people and they will recover so lay your hands on someone that has their hand up right now Let's find someone's shoulder put your hand on their shoulder one or two people at the most one or two people and as you put a hand on their shoulder everybody gets a hand on their shoulder make sure everyone gets a hand put your hand your neighbor has your hand up put your hand on their shoulder Come on, Ocean's Church. I want you to. I want you to gather your faith right now, and in faith, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. Come on, like you mean it. Jesus. We invite the Holy Spirit to feel everybody. We declare life in Jesus Christ's name. Would you heal? Would you deliver? Would you restore everything? that's been lost. Holy Spirit, fill them, heal them now in Jesus' name. From the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, we prophesy freedom, light, liberty in Jesus Christ's name. I pray doctors, psychologists would document this miracle. In Jesus' name, if you believe God's doing it, I don't care if you feel it or not, I want you to give him a hand clap on credit. Come on, do you believe that we serve a God that's still good, still heals, and still leads us into triumph? Come on, give him a good hand clap and shout amen. It's going to be a good week, Ocean's Church.